Welcome to the Land Use, Transportation and Infrastructure Committee meeting of Denver City Council. Full coverage of this session of the Land Use, Transportation and Infrastructure Committee begins now. Infrastructure Committee. I'm the Chair, Councilman Amanda Sandoval, and let's start with our virtual participants, Council, and then we'll go around the room. Uh, good morning, Paul Cashman, South Denver, District 6. Candy Sedevaca, District 9. Thank you, and then I'll start on my left. Not a committee member, Deborah Ortega at large. Good morning, Kendra Black, District 4. Jamie Torres, District 3. Joan Clark, District 7. Thank you. First up on the agenda is Bill 1102, the Ortega Railroad Safety Bill. Um, I'll pass it over to my colleague, Councilman W. Ortega. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, as you know, this is our uh, railroad ordinance that I filed. Uh, last year to come forward before council and we wanted to complete the risk analysis that was done by HNTB. Um, we don't have the final report yet, but uh, when they came and gave an update on what um, they were finding in that report, we also still needed to complete some of the conversations with city uh, stakeholders. We're now in the process of doing conversations with property owners that are along uh, the freight corridors. And that may shape some changes to the ordinance along with input from the city agencies. So we wanna complete that work. And what I plan to do today is move to postpone any action uh, on this ordinance until April 25th, 2023. And then that will allow us the time to get that work done and look at whether or not we're going to amend that ordinance or just come back with the new ordinance and I'll withdraw the, the one that we have before us. So um, I can't officially move this because I'm not a voting member, but if someone could um, take that action to move it, then the goal is to bring it back on April 25th, 2023. Thank you. So I'll make the motion to postpone to a date certain April 25th. I have made the motion. We have a second by Kendra, by Councilman Black. Is there any ob objection? Seeing none, we'll see you back here on April 25th. Thank you. Great, thank you so much. Next up, we have 0243 um, CPD rezoning of 640 Tennessee Street, Tennessee Avenue. Good morning. Uh, my name is Edson Ibanez. I am with CPD and before you today we have 640 West Tennessee Avenue. Um, so this is an application that's going from a light industrial use to an industrial mixed use to five stories. Um, and so the property itself, as you can see, it's located in Council District 7 and, and Councilman Members Clark's District. And it's located in the Alkma Park neighborhood. 
So the request you can see in the red, highlighted in the middle, is just south of Vanderbilt Park. It's an industrial use currently, uh, currently operated by an auto repair shop and a flooring shop. And it's just uh, about approximately 1.6 acres. Um, so the proposal, like I mentioned, it's an industrial mixed use up to five stories um, for the site. So the zoning is classified as light industrial UL2, which stands for the billboard use overlay. So the applicant is not intending to maintain the billboard use overlay. Um, and uh, just uh, the context, the uh, land use is industrial, but if you were to stand on the corner of Tennessee and Fox looking southwest, you can kind of see this industrial one to two story building here, as you can see in the, on the top left. And then the bottom left is also looking west as well, um, looking east at the subject property. Um, now these pictures on the bottom, on the top left is Vanderbark uh, Park looking north. And then on the west, you see an office kind of industrial building um, immediately adjacent to the, to the subject property. So, so far, uh, this has gone out for informational notice back in 920. And it was, uh, there are some revisions that the applicant made to the application and it was resubmitted back in November. It went before planning board recently in February. Uh, it was approved unanimously by the planning board and it is before you today and it is scheduled for city council public hearing in April 24th. And so far we have received two public comments Two of those are letters of support uh, from adjacent property owners that are just in support of the project. Um, so for any map amendment to rezoning, there are five review criteria that must be analyzed that are consistent with the Denver zoning code. And so I will jump into these. So the first one is consistency with adopted plans. And so we're looking at three specific plans, which are comprehensive plan 2040, blueprint Denver of 2019, and the I-25, and Broadway Station Area Plan of 2016. Um, so when we're looking at comprehensive planning um, plan, there are several different strategies that are highlighted within uh, the staff report, but I'm just gonna talk about a few here. So the first one, under the equitable, affordable, inclusive goal one, strategy A, increased development of housing units close to transit and mixed use developments, as well as goal two, strategy A, create a greater mix of housing options in every neighborhood for all individuals and families, and then under the environmentally resilient goal eight, strategy eight, promote inflow development where infrastructures and services are already in place, as well as encourage mixed use communities where residents can live, work and play in their own neighborhoods. Now, when we, when we look at Blueprint specifically, Blueprint classifies this as a, a district under the future neighborhood context. So within districts, something that wants to highlight is that residential uses are largely limited to the, to the campus and innovation flex district place types. And so when we're looking at the place types, this area is classified as innovation flux where multi-unit residential is, is compatible. Um, uh, Fox, Tennessee are local streets, but when we look at Mississippi, Mississippi is a mixed use arterial, which is just one block to the south, as well as you have some industrial collectors in close proximity as well. Um, Within the growth area uh, strategy for this area, it's classified as district where we anticipate to see 15% of new employment as well as 5% of new housing in these locations. Now, there is some policy within Blueprint under the land use and built form econ economics policy section three, uh, strategy D that talks about innovation flux districts should enable housing and other uses to complement manufacturing, promote an urban pedestrian friendly building, 
form that are appropriate for vibrant mixed-use districts. And then when we actually jump into the I-25 and Broadway stationary plan, which is in close proximity here, uh, the site itself is classified as industrial mixed-use uh, with uh, up to five stories. So those are the two maps that you can see here. Uh, within that, there's recommendations about industrial mixed-use, such as continue to support industrial and industrial mixed-use uses at strategic locations, and it labels this site a strategic location, which specifically says rezone the parcels immediately south of Tennessee to industrial mixed-use in order to help activate Vanderbilt Park West by allowing these blocks to transition to residential, commercial, and industrial mixed-use projects. Uh, so uh, in regards to criteria two, three, and five, it is uh, consistent as found in the staff report for the fourth criteria, just to find circumstances. It is consistent based that there has been change and changing conditions, specifically along Broadway, there's been a lot of um, change uh, given uh, the station as well as city adopted plans uh, where the small area plan specifically calls for industrial mixed use. Uh, Therefore, CPD recommends approval based, in, based that all the findings of the review criteria have been met. I am available for any questions you might have, and the applicant is also here to answer any questions you might have. Thank you. Thank you. Currently, we have no speakers in the queue. Um, do we have a, given that we have no speakers, do we have a motion to move this forward? We have a motion by Councilman Clark, and we have a second by President Torres. Thank you. We'll see you at City Council. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Next up, we have Bill 0260, the National Western Center Framework Agreement Amendment. Good morning, I'm Jen Wellborn with the mayor's office. I'm here to talk about some exciting steps that we're taking to amend the existing framework agreement for um, the National Western Center. <clears throat> so just a quick reminder of um, what the framework agreement is. The framework agreement is a binding agreement among the city, the Colorado State University, <clears throat> the um, stock show and the National Western Center Authority, which it created. The term of that is expected to be 100 years, it's 50 years and two 25 year extensions. It created the National Western Center Authority in order for the, author for the authority to be the governance structure for programming operations and maintenance of the um, new National Western Center. It provided for the contributions for the funding of the construction of the center and it included a master lease with the National Western Center Authority and other documents that outline the relationships among the parties. The authority itself is um, the, the composition of the authority and its duties are outlined in the framework agreement. And it includes um, with some specificity, the requirements for the board of directors. It was created as a Colorado nonprofit in 2018 
and has a 13 member board of directors to provide guidance and oversight for the staff um, of the authority. The current board has 13 members, 11 voting and two non-voting. The mayor has six appointments. Those appointments are confirmed by council. CSU has two appointments. The stock show has two appointments. And then the mayor appoints two community members, one of which is voting and one is non-voting. And both of those are confirmed by city council. The city CFO sits ex officio um, as a non-voting member of the board. And for those of you who were here in 2017, we had quite a bit of conversation about the composition of the board at the time. And we were, um, you will recall, concerned with preserving the balance of um, power and influence on the board um, given the funding structure. And so the, the, the board um, structure reflects that funding. Um, and so at the time we had a voting member of the community and the community asked us for a second member, which we added as non-voting so as to not upset that balance. Um, so currently um, both of the community directors, which you'll recall are, one is voting, one is non-voting currently, um, the mayor appoints um, and they have to be a, um, resident of one of the GES neighborhoods, um, Globeville, Illyria, Swansea neighborhoods. They must demonstrate a strong commitment to an understanding of those neighborhoods, um, both the residents and businesses, and they are subject to confirmation by city council. The new proposed requirements are why we're here today. So we are proposing a change to the framework agreement, which is necessary because the framework agreement sets out the requirements for the board of directors for the National Western Center Authority. The new, we're proposing that the, um, that the non-voting seat be made a voting seat so that there would be two voting community members on the board. Um, I'm gonna let uh, Brad Buchanan, who is the executive director of the National Western Center Authority, talk more about his important work that he, um, that um, with his leadership that the authority has been doing um, to talk to the community about its concerns and, and needs and wishes for the campus and for the operation of the National Western Center Authority. Uh, but this slide lays out the, the new requirements. So the board of directors um, at the request of the community has requested that the city and CSU and the stock show consent to the changes to the framework agreement that are in front of you today. The governing boards of the authority, CSU and the stock show have consented and signed the proposed amendment that's in front of you. And that results in an even number of voting seats. So we had a tiebreaker um, that we felt like didn't preserve the existing um, uh, board composition, which is that there's, there's a designated director in the um, framework agreement already. Each member gets a designated director that can serve um, as many terms as that appointing authority wants them to. And so our proposal is that the city's designated director um, have two votes in the case of a tie on the on the board. I think Brad will tell you it's been it's not it's not been the case. And one of the reasons why we're here today is that we feel really comfortable with the operation of the authority board and that a tie vote has has not been our experience that that's common. Um, and here's the proposed council action, but I wanna ask Brad to talk more about his um, work with the community and, and focus on um, this important step. 
Morning, everyone. Uh, been a lot of conversations going on with the community at the National Western Center. It's, it's been very exciting the last couple of years as the new facilities are coming online, as um, additional facilities are under construction. Stock show has happened the last in 22 and 23 on the campus. Colorado State University's per campus is up and running. Our Stockyard Defense Center is running. The riverfront will open up this spring. Uh, we've broken ground on the Livestock Center. There's a lot happening. And so we've really been getting into some substantive conversations with community. And in order to make those productive, we've had to sort of back up and, and find out um, what, what were the assumptions in the framework agreement? Where do they work? Where could they be improved? Where can our processes be improved? We've done a lot of work around our procurements, how very high bar we hold for community and, and local and small business involvement in our procurements. Um, and, and this topic, as we've just had a long conversation with community about the roles and responsibilities of the community uh, board seat members, both to take in information from the community and to put information from the National Western Center out to the community. And in that conversation, this, this the question came up of, uh, should the, uh, why, why is the second seat not a voting seat? And so we had long conversations with the community, went to our board, um, it, to a person, to an entity, everyone 100% supportive of making this change. As Jen mentioned, uh, it, it's, it's not a contentious board. We, 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 while there are votes, that the process is very much consensus built with, with the partners and with community. And so uh, with this tie break mechanism in place, we're certainly comfortable that functionally this is, this is an improvement. And, and the punchline is it's just the right thing to do. Uh, the community, that they are our partners and we, we treat them as such. And, and this is uh, a step that we think is important in, in walking that talk. Happy to answer any questions that you all have. Thank you so much for the presentation and thank you for all the work. First up, we have President Torres in the queue. Thank you so much. Um, just a quick question. I'm looking at the uh, website for the board members. There's 12 there. Is that because, um, Brad, you are the 13th? Currently, one of the seats is vacant, and we've held it vacant because the community is going through a process to make a recommendation for uh, who would fill that board seat. Uh, hope in the next couple of months to be back to you uh, with that name. Okay. There is a vacant seat today. Okay, great. Thank you so much. That's the only question I have. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, we have Councilwoman Sitabaka. Just want to thank you, Brad, and to the rest of the authority for finally honoring this request from the community. Um, I recall way before coming to council, pulling this actual vote in the Citizen Advisory Committee, um, and we did not get to, to vote on it, but there was full support from the community for this. And so I appreciate you all making this change. Um, and I look forward to more uh, co collaboration with the community um, and the National Western Center campus. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanna say, um, I started with the city before you even had this board. I was in Councilman Montero's office when we actually set up this board. And I'm appreciative of the work that um, you all have done to have community members and to make sure that you're reflecting the voices of the community to have a voting member um, that as this neighborhood has changed and has this project has been so catalytic in that, in that neighborhood, we wanna make sure that those voices who are there are continuing to have a voice at the table. 
Um, so I just appreciate the, all the effort and um, having to bring back the whole entire framework agreement is a lot of work that's not easily done. So just want to acknowledge that work as well. We have a motion by Councilwoman Black. We have a second by President Torres. Seeing no other concerns or anything from my colleagues, we'll see you at City Council. Thank you all for joining us today. We have a few items on consent. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to myself or Luke. See no other further action before this body. We stand adjourned. Thank you.